0: All right, another week of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. We have you every single weekday. Happy Monday to everyone out there. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you had a good Father's Day weekend. Tim Leonard, Tyler Aki back here with you. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar somehow. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. So Ty, you have a good Father's Day weekend out there in Chicago. Yeah, we did some some fun
1: stuff. We we barbecued some ribs. I know. I don't. What, what's your go-to Father's Day
0: meal? Because ribs is ours. Well, actually, you'd be proud of me. We did some salmon here tonight, which Ooh, I know is okay. one of your specialties. I remember that. That is one
1: of my specialties. If I if I were to release a cookbook, salmon would be on the cover of my cookbook. I also over the weekend Tim. I made the plunge, okay? And some people are wondering, what do you mean he made the plunge? Well, I don't know if you saw, but you can buy pieces of the dome roof
0: and oh, I, did see this. I
1: made the plunge. I I went into it and I I bought a piece. So there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. You can get just a bigger piece and it's got a block S put on it. You can do a football thing where it's like a a picture of a football game and a little piece of the dome. I went the route of it had one where it's the the highest attendance of a college basketball game and then a little piece of, of the dome roof and it, it commemorates that day. And since I think I'm in the picture a little bit, so oh, huge. that's why I saw that and was like, you know what? I have to get this one. And I, I, I went for it. I went for it. I thought it was kind of interesting, too. Pretty much all of these little pieces of memorabilia. And again, this is a, a site run by a Syracuse alum, Brandon Steiner, who's really big in the memorabilia business. Yeah. But com, no E, it's just the exchange.com. And then pretty much every piece, the, the price ends with 44 cents. So That's pretty cool. fitting. It kind of reminds me how... Um, when LeBron left Cleveland the first time, I remember Dan Gilbert made all the LeBron stuff 1741 for Benedict Arnold. So <laughs> kind of put a little flair right? on it. Yeah. A little different, but yeah,
0: <laughs> kind of the same too. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I, I think that's a no brainer that you had. If you're in the photo, you might as well do it. Is that the, that was the Duke game from a couple years ago? The Duke game. Right? Yep. Duke game yep. from when Zion was
1: on the team, but didn't play in the game.
0: Yes. Okay. That makes sense. They they lost that game though, unfortunately, I think mm-hmm. from my memory. So, Yep, they did. Anyway, they can't all be John Gillan buzzer beaters. Well, I figured we'd start today's show sort of talking about college football, and I know it's it's kind of a pessimistic thing to talk about right now because there had been some optimism, some trending towards plans in place, and obviously Syracuse is now back on campus some of their student-athletes for the voluntary workouts. It seems like, according to our guy Matthew Gutierrez at The Athletic, that just one to two players have tested positive, and there hasn't been a whole lot from the Syracuse camp really to speak of on that topic. Things are operating for normal, but, you know, you look around the country, and some of the big-name schools, mainly Clemson, I think, was the really big one that came out last week, and they have 23 players test positive. And they only had a couple tests positive, and since they've started up this process, they've tacked on about 20 since that original of about two when it came out the first go around of testing. 23 players is basically half the team for Clemson.
1: Maybe That's not, big news. but it's yeah.
0: huge news. And not to mention Dr. Fauci came out and kind of said football is likely a no unless there's a bubble. And... To me, you can't play football in a bubble. You definitely can't play college football in a bubble. Yeah, college football,
1: you can rule that out of the whole bubble scenario. I don't even think the NFL could do a bubble. The only way I can see the NFL potentially doing a bubble is you have to play games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So I don't know how that's going to work because there's not. I don't think you can find a place where you'll have enough fields like that because the NFL... Football as a sport is kind of a unique facility that you got to adapt to. So we'll see how all that goes out. But in terms of college football, this article came out from Yahoo by Pete Thamel. um, And it was pretty damning. I mean, you look at all this stuff and listen, you got all these guys coming back to these campuses. You knew there would be positive tests. Yep. But if your plan was when there were positive tests to just shut the whole thing down then why bother opening up in the first place? That's what I don't understand out of all of this. And, again, you can say, oh, they're quote-unquote voluntary workouts. Tim, both you and I know, starting in eighth grade or middle school, there's <laughs> no such true. thing as voluntary workouts, okay? It's either you show up
0: or you're not playing. So it's like when the coach says, it's not mandatory tomorrow, but in other words, like, show up or else I'm not going to be happy right. with you. Yeah. yeah,
1: there are consequences for not showing up to quote-unquote voluntary workouts. There's nothing voluntary about these things, so... What I will say is this. I mean, I just don't understand why you open these things up in the first place. If that's what your plan was to, to shut the whole thing down. Well, and you see who's shutting got, down though. Is it because well, I know it seems Clemson. like a lot of these schools are, are just, they're putting this whole thing on hold. I know Houston did that. I think Kansas state did that. Um Texas. I know is, they had a ton of positive tests. LSU has got 30 guys in quarantine right now. 30. Yeah. That's, that's unheard of. And, I just don't know, and listen, you look in uh, these baseball facilities, too. Not every facility had a positive test, but they shut down all 30 clubs. And if you're shutting down all 30 MLB players with unions, and they, they are paid these massive amount of dollars, who's standing up for these kids? Because right now, they're essentially independent contractors with no one to fight for them.
0: Yeah, so the thing that really is concerning to me is I know there's a camp out there that is going to say, well, we knew these positive tests were coming. And there's also another camp that'll say these are 18 to 23-year-old kids, somewhere in that ballpark range. They're healthy. Like, they, it shouldn't be even be talked about, which not really a camp that I agree with because, well, for a number of reasons. We don't really have to get into that. But, well, here's the thing is all it takes is one. All right. it takes is one. What and these kids have parents and grandparents, too. Right, so. exactly.
1: And and I mean, these coaches are older, too. I mean, Nick Saban's in his 70s, and that, yep. that is a, a prime target for where this can get dangerous. So when I, I look at this, this whole dynamic, I think to myself, okay, do you want to be the coach that has the outlier on your team? Do you want that blood on your hands? Because if that's if that's the way that you are going to think about young men, you should not be in charge of young men. That's just plain, yeah. flat out, and simple. That's how it has to be.
0: The part that really concerns me about Clemson, though, is like I said, they didn't have a ton of positive tests when they started out. And then all of a sudden, you get 23 players, think it was 28 total. And, right. I mean, that's concerning because it... It doesn't really line up with the theory of, oh, we knew these positive tests were coming. They've even, like, gone up astronomically since you started this process. So clearly, in the process is going to yield more positive results if you just take that as one example. And obviously, you named a ton of other schools. It's not just Clemson. We knew this was And gonna- these are just the schools we know. There's a yeah. lot that
1: have not come out with this data publicly. Syracuse That's being true. one of them. I mean, Matthew Gutierrez had to get a scoop. So right, that, that's he how, loves to and, do, and I get it, Goody. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, And I get it. Like there's HIPAA laws and stuff like that, that prevent a lot of this data from getting out. So I get it, but you don't know how many schools are actually shut down. You don't know how many tests are actually coming up positive. And keep in mind throughout all of this, we are in, in, at the point right now where the, the cases are supposed to be declining, especially in a lot of States, you're seeing them decline in A lot of the states that are smarter about all of this, like North
0: Carolina has gone way up, which is right.
1: It kind of depends where you are. But I mean, Syracuse is in a a state where the cases were going down. New York was going down. A lot of these kids are from New York, New Jersey, and, and those are places where they're going down. So when you look at that, I mean, you're seeing all these cases flare up when the system is as controlled as it's going to be in terms of this entire process. There are no other students on campus and you've got a little bit of control about who's coming in and out. There's no second wave yet either that's hit. So we're supposed to see the second wave come up once the weather starts to turn again. So you're seeing all of this now when the the conditions are as perfect as they will be when you have to combat this. And this is what results you're getting. I just don't see this season happening. And I listen, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I just don't
0: see a world where this happens. The more you think about it, the more it it just doesn't feel like it's awfully realistic. I mean, obviously, I think from a fan's perspective, that's a pipe dream. But of of having fans like actually in the stadium. Yeah, you can rule that out now. Yeah, it's just it's tough to see them traveling. And now you read that article that you mentioned over at Yahoo. One thing that was interesting about that is some athletic directors are on record saying, I mean, now the question of will students even come back to campus has gone to a pessimistic route as well. I mean, for a while there, it seemed like that was trending more towards, yeah, I think, I think a lot of these Southern colleges will have students back on campus and kind of on that accelerated schedule where you go home at Thanksgiving and so forth. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really see how you, you travel, and it's a long ways away. And again, a lot's going to change. I mean, we're talking here on Sunday night. Who knows? Next Sunday night, there could be some positivity around this topic because I feel like that's how this has gone. But this is as low as I felt about college football happening in, in a very long time. And we told you guys weeks
1: ago, too that we were not optimistic that this was going to happen because all of these universities right now are trying to sell hope and listen I get it you're you're hemorrhaging money during these times it's tough and you need the these advances of the student tuition and essentially what are interest free loans from these these students and these families and when you're selling hope again that that only goes so far because who knows. What tomorrow holds in in the world that we're living in right now. And I mean, I I still am very pessimistic that this is going to happen. On top of that, too, we're going to see the economic disparity between these programs really come to the light. So I I did a little digging into the numbers, the revenue for Power 5 schools in Notre Dame. Syracuse checks in at the 45th highest revenue of the 65 schools. So close to 44. Right. Well, here, get this number. Their their number uh, is just under $44 million. So ah. th- there you go. But here's where it gets interesting is that the ACC has six of the bottom 15 schools in that capacity, yeah. two times as many as the next conference. And if these schools are already scrapping for dollars, and you know the revenue is going to be way down. I mean, there's a group of five coaches that came out and said, there's only 10 to 12 programs that can actually afford the NFL level of testing that these players are going to have to have. And you can say, "Oh, well, the NFL, they they're going to have much more extensive testing." Sure, maybe that's true, but guess what? College football has twice the roster size. So, it's going to be about the same, if not more, for these college players and these college teams. So, If less than 10% of your league can live up to these adequate standards, I I just don't see it happening. And and, uh, another AD came out and said they've budgeted half a million. He's from the group of five and big power five schools are budgeting two million for testing. Who knows how much that number is going to have to change, too, on top of the fact that you're already losing money this year.
0: Yeah, it's pessimistic times. I, I think you put it best. We're not hoping, obviously. I mean, we'd love to, to see these games back, but it does feel like last week was kind of a tough week for that trending in that direction. So we'll talk some football recruiting in a little bit. Syracuse got a new offense alignment in the 2021 class. We'll fill you in on him. First, we do want to tell you, the Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we the hosts are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Also gonna tell you about our friends Built Bar, of course. They're always pumping out new flavors, and you know I re-up, tried some of the new flavors, which were great. But I gotta say, my number one, still the peanut butter brownie. That's my go-to right now. And the amazing thing about these protein bars is they taste great, and somehow they're still super healthy for you. It just take the peanut butter brownie for example. 20 grams protein, which is awesome. 170 calories, not that many. Three grams of sugar not bad at all and three grams net carbs it is a candy bar that you don't feel guilty about after you eat you've got to try these things if you're into working out if you're trying to get into running more during these quarantine it's a great little reward to have right after you work out it's healthy for you and these things taste great so go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on and get ten dollars off your first order at builtbar.com again that's promo code locked on for $10 off your first box. All right, so Syracuse has its 12th commit, verbal commit, in the 2021 football class. We've been documenting and profiling all of the commits so far. Had a good number of them on the show so far as well. If you missed any of that, go back and check it out wherever you get your podcasts. It's always fun to talk to these guys. And I think we've been Overall, very excited about the way this 2021 class has started, Ty, considering the pandemic and considering that Dino Babers and the staff are sort of living in a different era and adjusting to it on the fly. But the 12th commit is an offensive lineman, which is always good to see the Syracuse is bringing in some hogs, considering that was obviously a weakness last year. It's Wes Ho, who's just 6'4", 250 right now, obviously will probably gain some weight. Don't really know where he's going to play on the line. He said he's open to playing anywhere, hasn't really been told one position or not. It seems like when you watch his film that he's mostly a tackle, but with that size, just 250 pounds, 6'4", maybe he projects more inside or even as a center. I think overall, though, we can get to his offers in a second and everything, but just initial thoughts, it seems like he's a high-character kid, and I'm happy that He's an offensive lineman, and Syracuse is adding more of those. You need to bolster this offensive line. This I mean, Every single year, you want
1: to have a strong offensive line because think of how good it was that year Syracuse went 10-3. and They kept Eric Dungy upright, and they kept Eric Dungy healthy. And that's a huge thing that led to that success of that team. So, yeah, no, you you keep want to keep going over this. Although we did kind of talk about in last the were when we went over the offensive line last week, that maybe this offensive line was a little bit better than we thought last year, just because things started to change at the end of the year and they kept up Tommy DeVito upright. So yeah, you yeah, can see the, the power of the <laughs> offensive line at the end of the season last year. So we'll see how how West Ho develops. He's from Glenbard West, kind of out in my neck of the woods, out in the Chicagoland yeah. era area, and th- I mean that's a pretty good high school football team in my area. Every single year, they're a top 20 team. So they have produced some some quality players and a lot of, like you mentioned, high character team guys. And I guess the one thing I will say about him is that I'm a little surprised that his 24-7 didn't show any local interest yeah. of some of the Power 5 schools because in his Twitter bio, it says he's got a four eight GPA. Well, I, I was kind of surprised that Northwestern, Northwestern, Illinois, weren't calling. And listen, maybe maybe they are. We don't know. I mean, not everything gets put up on 24-7. I'm just going off of what I see. And I didn't see either of those on his 24-7. So that can obviously change, given that he still has another season ahead of him, which he'll hopefully get to play in. But as of right now, yeah, I mean, this is a guy, sharp kid (laughs) by the GPA. I mean, that's better than you or I did, Tim, in (laughs) high school, so...
0: The Yeah, no, I think they, they've they got a smart kid, and, and hopefully it works out for them. Yeah, and just the offer sheet, too, really proves he's smart because you've got the likes of Columbia, Furman, Penn, Dartmouth, Brown is in there. Not to mention some teams that are a little more highly regarded football-wise. App State, I think, is always a good offer to see. Air Force, which produces pretty good offensive linemen. Kent State, Central Michigan, Fordham. William and Mary, I'd say Syracuse is undoubtedly his best offer. I mean, the only power five offer. Only power five. Yeah, Yeah, it it was. I mean, Syracuse stands out above the rest. And he did visit, not an official visit, but he did walk the campus. He told 247sports.com. And it was funny. I saw his quote. He said, it was great walking the campus, had a couple good food places too, which is always huge for an offensive lineman, I'm sure. I wonder what was open. Yeah, like, what, that's What do you
1: true. think
0: he ate? I don't know. Is, I mean, I haven't been there in so long that I don't even... like. I'm, maybe he got a little
1: Tully's carryout. Yeah, some I was going to I'm trying to think of what are some of the places that I went to that had outdoor patios that were
0: good. All right, it almost made it seem like it was by the campus, though, the way he was talking about it. Who knows? Okay. I mean, maybe hmm. it was a varsity takeout of sorts. Some, Yeah, I mean... I don't know. The only patio that. I remember on, on
1: Marshall Street was Starbucks. So, I mean, hey, may, maybe it was good Starbucks. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they, they had a, an extra special brew for him that day. Did I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, clearly, clearly the food paid off. And there is great food in Syracuse. So he's on to something there, even if he didn't get to see the full display, maybe, given the times and everything. His ratings, 81.6 overall on 247sports.com. That's. uh. Actually, the lowest rating from a Syracuse player so far. But there's only twelve commits so far. It's early. We're not really ratings guys, as is. Those
1: those ratings shuffle up every.
0: Oh my every gosh! Week. Yeah. And I don't know. the I mean, these guys haven't
1: played football in nine months. I don't know what changes. But did what, like <laughs> what could a guy like Wesho do between now and then to rise or fall? I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> are, are we regrading tapes or what? I, so it's again you're going to see a lot of shuffling. Don't buy too hard into it either way for for a rise or a fall because quite it really doesn't mean anything until after they play
0: their senior seasons, which we don't even know if they're going to play. Right. And that's a sad state of it, but he's a he's a firm 3-star. And I think his offer sheet might lead you to believe that He's maybe like a lower-end three-star, but that's like a solid three-star rating according to the 24-7 sports metrics and everything, being basically an 82 overall. That's just slightly below what Syracuse's average is at right now in this class of 83.6 overall. It was 83.9 last year. If you put in stock to the ratings, they're 54th right now nationally. Obviously, it's just kind of silly to look at that because there's only 12 commits, and so much of those ratings is based on how many commits you have and and in relation to other teams in your conference, the volume you have at this point. Watching his tape, though, I, I did think he moves pretty well, and I don't know why I, I feel like he projects more as an inside guy, but he just looked like a, a guard kind of playing the tackle position to me a little bit. Kind of hard to distinguish tape with offensive linemen, I think, more so than other positions, but he has a couple blocks in there where... It's not like the play's over, but it kind of is. And oh yeah, still... I saw the one he drove a kid like <laughs> through the other end right. zone. And you love to see that because it was yeah, almost finish like your that. Plays. It's like from the Blind Side. Well, I was going to say that. Sends yeah. that kid to the bus. I was just going to say the Blind Side. It made me think of it. I think it's if those of you that haven't checked out his highlight type, I think it's the second play, and it's not like to the bus, but it's to the side. And he drives. It's almost to the end zone on a play that's that's starting at the thirty yard line, or right. something like that. He drives him well out of bounds, and then he gets like a little pat on the back from the coach and everything. And look, I mean, the coaching staff clearly likes him. You're not going to go after someone this early in the class if you don't really like him. And I think they they need to address the offensive line. So if they like him and he's a high character kid, you start there, and you hope he gains some weight and he develops. And I'm pretty happy overall. And the thing that I'm interested now in is are we going to see another
1: offensive lineman soon? Because, again, that's kind of how recruiting works in a sense is sure they're offers, but it's also these players in a sense bidding in terms of a lot of this can be first come first serve in a sense. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another offensive lineman soon. We kind of saw this at the linebacker position when Austin Roon and Malik Matthew, they kind of yeah. went bang, bang right next to each other because those spots were filling up. So maybe we'll see that with the offensive line. Who knows how many spots they have allocated left. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting what's next in the recruiting trail because, again, that's now two in a row offensive linemen with Austin Kawhi and now Wes Ho, and it's starting to ramp up. We're starting to get to that time where, again, in a normal year, a lot of these kids would be in their, their summer camps right now. So they may want to get these these decisions out of the way now sooner rather than later.
0: So that was some good news on the recruiting front over the weekend. Good to see number 12 come in for Syracuse, kind of ahead of schedule in terms of volume. And like you said, maybe some more offensive linemen coming as we go along here in the next coming weeks, which would be great to see, obviously. So we'll talk some basketball recruiting in just a second. Chance Westry is moving schools. We'll give you the lowdown on that and what it could mean for Syracuse, one of those big priority targets in the class of 2022 for basketball. Got to tell you about rockauto.com, though, before we get to that. Rockauto.com, the best place to maintain and repair your car or truck right now. They've got an amazing catalog that is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I went on the other day. You just know where you're going, no questions asked. It's a lot simpler than going and having to deal with the am I getting scam type of questions when you go to an auto store rockauto.com you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and the prices you prefer the prices really are always reliably low too and it's the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers you basically have the option of spending twice as much for the same parts or you can go to rockauto.com I'm telling you this is a great place to maintain and repair your car And once you go to rockauto.com, be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you here at the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Rockauto.com, an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Okay, wrapping up the show with some basketball recruiting news. We've been talking a lot about the 2022 class recently. If you missed any of those discussions, go back and check them out. The news to report here on this Monday, Chance Westry, who has been kind of one of the top of the priority list Syracuse targets in 2022, linked to Syracuse more than some others, has transferred or announced that he is transferring high schools whenever he plays basketball next. It'll be all the way out in California, transferring from Pennsylvania to California To play for Sierra Canyon, which a lot of people... Oh, I
1: think we need to, like, cue the Emperor's March, because that's where (laughs) every single big name is going these days. Everyone wants a piece of Bronny James. I know. I was
0: going to say, a lot of people probably know the name because Bronny James is on Sierra Canyon. Of course, LeBron James' son, Dwayne Wade's son was also there, but he is now transferred to the other side, to Brewster Academy, which has some ties to Mm -hmm. Syracuse, of course, and has been... An area where Syracuse has recruited very well. So it's kind of fascinating because Chance Westry, Dior Johnson, we thought they were going to commit together. There was some talk that that was pushed back. Who knows how tight Chance is still to Syracuse and when that commitment, if it is coming, is coming. And what his timetable is, kind of been somewhat radio silent, but we have seen a lot of the offers come in on Chance Westry. SEC offers this past week, LSU, Arkansas, There was that big Kentucky offer, Memphis offered, which probably means a bag behind it as well. And Dior and Chance have always sort of been grouped together a little bit. And Dior goes from California to the East Coast, and Chance is going east to west, which I don't think there's anything, any hidden message there. It's just sort of fascinating that he's going out to California. But that's a big step for him basketball-wise to play for Sierra Canyon. You're going to see the level of competition that he faces raised drastically because you're going
1: from Pennsylvania to one of the top teams in the country. And I think what what's going to be really cool about that and what you're going to see out of a guy like Chance is, is he ready for these big lights? Because you're not just going to Sierra Canyon and playing with LeBron James and selling out arenas. You're actually going to be playing on national television because remember yeah. how many games ESPN would pick up, whether it was ESPN I think occasionally they got on the Deuce or yep. definitely a lot of games were on on Watch ESPN. There are a number of games that you are going to play on national television, my friend. And if that's the case, you're going to see what does this kid have it to to go from playing in uh, a, not a small school in Pennsylvania, but you're, you're, the competition isn't, wasn't nearly what he's going to be facing out in California against a lot of these kids because Sierra Canyon, they're good. And, and Bronny was not always a starter on that team. And imagine being a coach and telling LeBron James's kid that, yeah, you're not going to start for us right away, pal. So that just <laughs> shows the level of competition that a guy like Westry is even going to need to crack the starting lineup. I mean, they sent guys to a lot of Power 5 schools, including Kentucky. And I mean, you had Dwayne Wade's kid, you had LeBron's kid, and there's still going to be that level of clout surrounding this program. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to see what Chance Westry is really made of. Again, still up in the air, whether or not he goes to Syracuse. But if he does commit, just know that you're going to be able to watch a number of his games over the next two years.
0: Yeah, selfishly, it's more fun for us because if he does come, if he doesn't, we'll be able to watch him. And, I remember watching some of Darius. Not to bring up a sore subject, but uh, Darius yeah. Baisley's
1: games I, were on ESPNU every once in a while, and it was cool watching yeah. watching those games and seeing a guy who was going to go end up playing at Syracuse. Well, well, oh, not no. end up playing at Syracuse.
0: But <laughs> oh no, a Come guy on. who was Twist supposed to night. end up playing at Syracuse,
1: <laughs> uh, playing on national television. So yeah, no, no, it's
0: cool. That's a good point because. It feels like it's been too long and since I've watched... You know, Malachi was in the McDonald's All-American game. Darius Baisley's is really the only one since. Maybe I'm missing. I mean, don't entirely quote me on that, but I feel like it's been no, too long. No, I think long. you're largely right. Yeah. yeah, it's been too long since we've watched one of these espn USBN 2 games, and the announcers have gone, oh, yeah, he's committed to Syracuse, and that's just good pub for Syracuse. I mean, think about... And I know I've I've gotten overly excited at times about 2022. But there's a possibility that your guards that you're bringing in, the 2022 class, is a starting guard at Oak Hill and a starting guard at Sierra Canyon. Those guys are going to be on TV all the time, and Syracuse's name is going to be said all the time. And let's face it, a lot of 13-, 14-, 15-year-olds that are going into high school and at that level are going to be watching Dior and watching Chance Westry, and they'll see Syracuse more, and they'll hear Syracuse more. And that's why we talked about how Dior, Benny Williams, these younger generation are saying, Cuse is back. They're saying that because they know Carmelo Anthony. They don't really, like, they don't have a ton tied to Syracuse other than that Final Four run maybe recently, which was a bubble team, which isn't, it was kind of fluky in a sense to some people depending on who you ask. So I think it's just all good that, I mean, if you had Sierra Canyon and Oak Hill as your two guards coming in, that's got to be, that's one of the best classes, period. Like stop right there. If, if those guard classes that you can put together, if you were just hand picking. So it's exciting that potentially this guy's coming to Syracuse and we're going to see more of his games probably. And one thing that I'll add uh, before
1: we get out of here too is, the importance of now developing that relationship with the coaching staff too. Sierra Canyon is going to continue to produce top talent these next 10 years, probably. And a lot of it is going to be because of Bronny James attracting a lot of these superstars to want to come play with him. But I mean, even this past year before Bronny was there, there were guys going to Sierra Canyon who were, were these really good players that, um, that that ended up playing D one, and I believe Marvin Bagley also played there too. Don't yeah, don't did. quote me on that. But, Marvin and his okay, brother, okay, so, Marcus and his brother Bagley. Marcus. Yeah, yeah, so those are, are major names that that ended up playing at, at high level college basketball programs. I believe Marcus is now going to Arizona State, and when you look at that, that's the importance. You have to develop these relationships with these coaches too, because there are. I, I mean, not that I can remember. Is there a Sierra Canyon kid that plays for Syracuse? So yeah. you gotta you gotta go out and do your recruiting work and, and develop some of those relationships. And then maybe you'll get these coaches that find favor with you and maybe they try to, to help you land some of these kids because you've got this relationship. And listen, what high school coach in America does not want to meet Jim Beheim and does not wanna have a good relationship with Jim Bayheim? if true. you are one, like tweet at us because I I, I don't <laughs> think that person exists out there. So I mean, if you've got the chance to have a, a basketball relationship with a Hall of Famer, a guy who's coached for Team USA, like, and you don't want that relationship, please, please prove me wrong, all right? Because I, yeah. I don't think that person exists.
0: No, that's a really good point. Also, Cassius Stanley has played there. Remy Martin is another guy. Yep, I remember. Remy, well, yep. at Arizona State, I mean, this look, is a look at hotbed. That.
1: Arizona State is not some big time program, all right? But you get Remy Martin, who's one of the top point guards in in his class, and then you get Marcus yep. Bagley. I mean, there's the there you go. There's the power of relationship right there. Bobby right. Hurley, whose father was a a major major high school coach, and and look what look what he does.
0: He he he's got that relationship, he's got that cachet and it, it paid off for him. The relationships is the name of the game in a lot of forms and industries, but it also holds true for recruiting for sure. So kind of some fun, fun news there about Chance Westry and that he is going across the coast to play for Sierra Canyon once basketball starts back up for him and his junior season a 2022 guy. That'll wrap things up for today's episode of the podcast. We have you every single weekday on Locked on Syracuse. You can also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse for all your Q's breaking news, updates about the show, guests that are coming, and some of our favorite clips. Tomorrow, we're going to talk some football because there was an interesting article that came out on ESPN, ACC preview article of sorts, and some interesting stuff about Syracuse. I think mostly optimistic. We'll dive into that, probably go down a recruiting rabbit hole a little bit too because we love to do that and a good article from our pal Matthew Gutierrez at The Athletic came out in regards to that. So be on the lookout for that in your podcast feeds tomorrow. Check out the Locked On ACC show as well after you're done with this one. And for Tyler, I'm Tim. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.